The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Got to get some of those glasses. Right now on Fast Money, a furious Friday rally. City and the rest of the banks pushing the S&P higher. United Healthcare, the biggest driver on the Dow. And the N in Fang, Fang, Netflix, the best performer on the NASDAQ. You're set up for the heart of the earnings season is straight ahead. Plus, what's old is new on Wall Street. Big Blue making a big comeback. IBM outpacing the S&P this year. One of our traders thinks it's the best chart in tech. If you, if you want to call it tech. Is it really tech? And later, a hot and tasty chart of the week, a burger joint that's been sizzling up nearly 14% since Monday. Can you still post a profit trading it? I'm Joe Kernan. In for Melissa Lee, I owe her. She was on for four straight days at uh, <laughs> 6 in the morning. This is Fast Money, live from the NASDAQ market site. Uh, on the desk tonight, Tim Seymour, Bono and Eisen, Jeff Mills. And, well, that'd be a lie because he's not quite on a desk, but he's here in spirit, Steve Grasso. Steve-O, I asked for you to be here, but uh, next time. Promise? <laughs> I promise. All right, we start with a solid rally to end an otherwise rough week. Major markets all climbing more than a percent today with the Dow up more than two, closing near its highs of the day. Helped by better than expected reads on the consumer. Retail sales and sentiment both coming in better than expected. Take a look at the big banks. What a difference a day makes. Citigroup surging 13%, its best day since March of 2020. I still see that, though, as $4.90, but who's counting? Uh, after beating, after posting up uh, profit estimates that beat J.P. Morgan, more than erasing its losses from yesterday to close more than 4% higher, the action comes as we get ready for another big week for earnings, really big, not just banks this, uh, this week. Netflix, Tesla, next week, I should say. United, just some of the names getting ready to report. So, does today's rally have legs, or did we just uh, see a short-term bounce? This, it, would anyone characterize this as just coming out of nowhere, uh, Tim? Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, welcome, Joe. Great Thank to you. have you here. Thank I'm you. sure you'd rather be watching golf or something, but, but it's great to have you. Mm -hmm. And if you think about what, the, what we got this week in the market, we certainly got the worst of the inflation prints, we think. We think that this is probably peak inflation, at least goods inflation. And so if you look at gas prices, uh, they continue to make uh, new lows. If you look at the market, though, overall, and we've talked about this, you had this rally into quarter end that then paused, uh, but then you've rallied a little bit into July, and we've been sideways. We're actually, from that June 17 low, we're making higher lows. I'm not say, saying it's time to, 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 to do cartwheels here. I am saying, and I will continue to point at semiconductors, so the cyclicality and those parts of the market that we actually do need to see a bottom in before we get to the bottom for the market. Semis are up, I don't know, 11 or 12 percent in the last eight or nine sessions. They've outperformed the S&P, underperformed a little bit today. 
banks and leadership. I don't know that we are going to say that yet, but I think that's, you know, today was a relief. And it was almost a vindication for all those people that say, you know, banks are better in this environment. Higher rates are good for banks. Credit's fine so far. It, it was a good day. Do I get a yellow flag if I talk macro? Can I just yeah, add? We like it. macro. So, yeah, okay, absolutely. so we, we want demand to, to come down. The Fed, obviously. Yep. So why would a strong retail sales number be, be a positive? Why would that be taken as a positive? Why, do, why does a strong jobs market, why is that taken last week? Why would that be taken as a positive? Well, I think you got a couple of things today. You got economic data that wasn't terrible, but then you got some dovish comments from Federal Reserve officials. So that combination, I think, maybe let a little bit of pressure off of the market. But I think when you look at leadership today, what lagged? It was energy, materials, industrials. It was a lot of parts of the market that you would think would rally on good economic data. And oh, by the way, the curve also flattened. The 10-year was down. So I think that's telling you something. And if you dig into the retail sales number, I think I actually brought a chart of this. The real retail sales, so not the headline number, but adjusted for inflation, that continues to roll over while the headline inflation uh, and headline retail sales continues to go up. That's not necessarily a good thing for this market. And I, I think in a lot of cases, that's why we have an earnings problem. We still have an earnings problem. You know, the economy is not where it needs to be. Companies are keeping prices higher to help maybe mask some of that unit demand slowdown, which I think we are seeing. I mentioned CarMax last week, you know, big year-over-year revenue print, but second quarter in a row of sales coming down on a unit basis. And I think that's what you're seeing, and that's what will eventually flow into earnings, and that's why I keep talking about this rotation from value into growth. In your world, can you imagine a 3.6% unemployment rate in two negative quarters? Of GDP, is, is that make it? What, what should I do? Naked, not, naked, not com- in, not naked combos? What do I do? Sell some puts and calls? What, <laughs> taking no, the premiums? Buying some strangles because the volatility <laughs> is coming. That's probably the position that you want. So to Jeff's point, and I'm going to kind of pick up. You, you laid down the flag. I'm going to pick it up and kind of run with it here. Right. So, you, so you have that robustness in the job market, and I think that's why you saw some positivity, right? And then you were like, okay, well, people kind of stopped and paused and said, well, what does this mean for Fed? Because that's still the overarching theme here. Unfortunately, we're in earnings season. And, and I really don't think that's what's driving things. You mean to tell me that the same earnings that led to J.P. Morgan no. being down 5% yesterday are now the same earnings that lead to them being up 4% today? So that tells me that the macro picture very much is still what is in play. And to Jeff's point, you had the, um, you had the retail reading, but on a real basis or on a unit basis, it's still declining. And I think that if you kind of look at the Fed fund futures and see that move away from that one point hike that was pretty much baked in. I think it was like 80, 80% probability that was baked in. And that's down to about a third now. So I think it's that move. And, and that speaks to the rate volatility. That's what's kind of led to us uh, having the price action that we had today. And for that reason, and the volatility around it is the reason where I, I'm just not really ready to buy into it quite yet. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, I, I I'll push back a little bit. I'll just say, I think the bank numbers today, and I know J.P. Morgan didn't say anything a lot different. By the way, congratulations to Citibank because, you know, up 16 percent, uh, you're only back to June levels. In other words, it, it, it's not like it's time to, to say, hey, banks are ripping. Um, but this was important. I think the relative outperformance here. But what I heard from J.P. Morgan and what I heard from Citibank, and we're hearing it from banks, all we're, we're talking about macro, they told us uh, loan activities up, cons- uh, credit card activities up, uh, the credit card uh, NPLs and, and things that at least would be related to credit were actually better. Um, so, and, and that interest rates being higher is great for banks. We didn't hear anything from the banks. And I just think that the banks have been pushed around for a long time and they always get pushed around during these periods. I thought, uh, 
doesn't give you an all clear, but Citibank told you in a little better tone than J.P. Morgan that actually their commercial loan business is very strong, their credit card business is very strong, and as you started with this, uh, it's not like people don't have jobs right now. So I, I just I, I don't think markets are right, bottom. Before we go, clear, just I, real, I, you know. real quick with you guys and, and you know my option guys. So the VIX is not is not. Is it, could this be the ultimate bottom that we've already seen with a VIX that never really got above 33? Is that possible that, that, that this is different this time where you don't have that final? No, you're, you're, we're in a period of heightened volatility, and it's all it's all led by the rate market. You can't think about the moves that we've seen in the two and the ten year. We're talking about fifteen basis point move on a three percent base. That is volatility, and it's only a matter of time before you start to see that. So there'll be new in the lows. Market. I mean, th- th- that's my guess, right? I, I don't know that the new VIX. Lows? I don't know that the Eventually? VIX has to spike yeah, I, I, to, for I, that to happen, I, but I think I think that's the case. Well, look, we, we've had multiple compression. We've had pricing in recession. Whether we're getting that recession or not, we can debate that all day long. What we haven't really gotten into is an EPS downgrade cycle. We've been talking this yep. week, a couple major strategists have downgraded the market based upon uh, a lowering of EPS out through 23, which is what I think you have to do. Uh, but until we hear mega cap tech, who pulled forward a lot of demand, tell us they're seeing less demand, I don't think we have bottom. Uh, Eli Lilly, to find a stock at an all-time high, but it is, it's at an all-time high today. Uh, United Healthcare, the best performer on the Dow, so we get it, uh, healthcare. Uh, the sector in the green for the year, the chart master is here, and he's sticking with his bullish call on health care. And uh, it's kind of cool, Carter, because I saw you earlier this week uh, on Squawk Box. And so far, so good for the for, for the er, was it Squawk Box or was I actually watching when I left here? Because I but I, you made a good call on Bitcoin. I think he always makes good calls. Well, you know, I, with, we oh, that was it. with Melissa. Actually, was that? But, right. but you were on recently. That's right. We were early, early morning stuff. But it was, uh, you know, we all got our duds. Let's. Uh, Let's look at healthcare. I mean, here's the thing. It, it, it's one of these rare sectors that has both offense and defense, and I think that's a very desirable characteristic. But I've got three charts in a row, and they are relative charts. So the line itself is not price. It's one thing relative to another. In this case, it's the healthcare sector relative to the S&P. And you can see here, since 1989, we have literally come down to trend, and we have bounced to the penny, to the penny, to the penny, and we did it again. And so we could put in some arrows to annotate that, and you'll see that here. Stick with it. Let's kind of zero in on the here and now and, and look at relative a different way. So the next one is a two-panel, and this is just XLV on top, the ETF, and SPY on the bottom. And what we have is this is essentially the beginning of the year. And we know that almost everything is down, including healthcare. But what is it really doing? It's going straight up relative to the S&P, alpha personified. So two more charts. The sector itself, as depicted by the ETF. Uh, to my eye, this is very well formed. And I think you catch this for a pop as drawn. And it can come up into here. Nice trade. And then finally. The biggest uh, waiting in the entire sector, UNH to the penny, to the penny, to the penny, to the penny, to the penny. There's your COVID low. It's a beautiful 45-degree angle. I think you just take your arrow and extend it. All good. All right. My mind is mush. It was Squawk Box, <laughs> but it was Melissa. See, that's how I, I, it was Melissa interview when you made some of those points, but it was on Squawk Box. That was last week. Okay, I got it. And 
uh, Grasso's here. Grasso, you weren't sitting here, and I actually forgot about you. I apologize. I just, I just, I, took, I, know you did. I got up at three thirty. I got up oh, at three thirty. Weigh in. I'm, you, no you problem. Get, I'm you, still, whatever's on your mind, I want to know. Even your pick at the open, whatever you want to talk about. This was. I, I, I actually felt like I was just watching the show. You guys are pretty good, so I, I didn't want to jump in. So you guys are doing sorry. an excellent job I'm on sorry. Friday. Plus, a, awesome. I, I, I no, understand. No option. Is it Friday? So, is option action there's, tonight? There's OA on deck. Uh, <laughs> Stay tuned. Happens every Friday Thank at 530. Exciting. Okay. Grasso, come so, on. So give I, me something. I'll just give you a little, little, little bit of a drop down. So we'll start off where, where uh, Carter left off. I think you're starting to see – People just go into what they think is, is quasi-safe or, or safer than the overall market. You have Lilly up in the last month. He pointed that out. Biogen's up a different, a different sector, a different part of the sector. That's up 10% for the month. Merck up 13% for the month. UNH, he nailed that. Moderna, that's one that's highly volatile, Joe. That's up 30% for the last month. So I think you're seeing people just rotate out of where they got crushed, moving into where they think the puck is going. And I do think you have a window of opportunity to where Tim started off saying that inflation has peaked. I do believe inflation has peaked, and I do believe you have a window of opportunity to see the market rally into mid-August. And not to get too cute, I think we wind up making new lows after August. That matches with some of the technicians we've had on. Steve, and, and predicting a, a summer respite uh, and then maybe, uh, you know, renewed back in the soup toll, that horrible month that we've seen in the past, October, where we've seen so many bottoms uh, in the past. What? I guess that ha- is there any hope that that doesn't happen, that, we've already, that the ultimate lows are in, Grasso? Would, would it be the first time that's ever happened? If, if we already had oil, what, down? No, if I, oil's down, how much? I mean, if, if, this, if, if inflation rolls over, the labor picture eases a little bit. There's no way that, that uh, it could be clear sailing from here. Yeah, I think, I think it can be clear sailing. And not to get political, but I think uh, both parties want to see sort of a, regi- a regime change. So I think the midterm elections have the ability to be the catalyst to a rally that pushes us into year end. And I do think that you're going to see oil. I, I said oil is going to be around $65 a barrel, WTI crude. By year end, I, I, I saw that when oil was at $120. I, I just feel like we're, we're climaxed on the commodity basis. But I don't think we're going to escape that last push lower. I think the market needs a real flush where people feel good about getting back into something at a bargain price. And we heard, Joe, like three-year inflation expectations have dropped a little bit. The, the consumption headwind to consumers from higher gas prices certainly have alleviated. I'll just get back to you. I think sentiment, which printed on the AAII bull bear, you, know, you name it, about, about a month ago was the fourth worst on record. Um, sentiment, as we know, positioning, uh, as we know, has also been extremely light. It's not as if um, there haven't been a, a lot of folks that, that actually have, have been well positioned for this. So if you think about where the market it is and where some of the, the quant analysts are saying is that positioning is so light that if you start to get some turn, but again, until the Fed has, has, has told us it's, it's at least time to pause, and they may not be as clear as they used to be, and they probably don't know, uh, I think those are really the moments that we can really start putting bottom talk in. Um, right now, we still haven't heard from companies, and there's very little incentive for companies right now to tell you how great their business is, and we're just getting into the heart of earnings. All right. Guys, good. Uh, up next, is there a poster child for old tech? I mean, 
IBM predates TI, doesn't it? It, it predates just about Big everything. Huh? Big blue. Digital equipment, yeah. Come on. Coming, into, coming back as an earnings leader. Maybe, Maybe. Should have, Buffett finally sold, right? Or did he? He may have uh, finally thrown in the towel right at the wrong time. Not a laggard this time around. So is now uh, the time to dust off old tech. Plus, a winning burger trade uh, gets crowned chart of the week. Should you be biting into this name? Shouldn't be a lot of this. Do they write a lot of things? Yeah, like we do that this. We have some great uh, writing here. <laughs> I think, man, uh, fantastic. More fast money. Good stuff. Tasty fast money. Yes. Is ahead. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, Wealth Strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. The first full week of earnings season starts next week. More big banks set to report, plus airlines, a number of tech names, and IBM reports Monday after the bell. And for the first time in quite a while, uh, the company comes into earnings as a leader, not a lagger. That's amazing. It's up 4% this year, up 4% this year compared to the S&P, which is 19% lower. Jeff Mills, you like the chart? You like you like IBM? Yeah, look, I think it's interesting, right? And not only is it up 4%, but on a relative basis over the last year, outperformed by 17%. It's been a really good place to hide and collect a 4 or 5% dividend. And it's early days, but I think you could be in the midst of a legit turnaround story here. They have the Red Hat acquisition, so they're growing in hybrid cloud. They have more cash to actually invest in that growth. And a fair bit of their business is recurring revenue. And I think that's what you want in this market as things slow down. I think that that's really important. And I didn't say it was the best chart in tech. Uh, Our friend Chris Verone published a piece this morning. He said that, but I tend to agree. It's been making higher lows since the bottoms in March of 2020. If you look at that 140 level, it's been bumping up against, and I think if you push above that, that would be positive for the stock. So again, I think it's a reasonable place to hide here because I'm still not feeling that great about the market. Well, I think what IBM is giving this market and giving investors is a free cash flow story at a time when the market's demanding it. And for IBM, again, we're talking about relative outperformance, um, not not just to uh, the market, but also to some of its big cap 
tech peers. So we're talking about $35 billion in free cash flow between 22 and 24. Extraordinary. And, and if you think about that, agree. Some of the secular trends with their software business uh, are, are starting to catch some, some, you know, some traction here. But let's not get too carried away. I, I just think that this is defensive uh, on multiple. And this is a stock that really, uh, on some level, has shown indifference from the investment community. But uh, the expectations going into these numbers are actually pretty decent. Who gets credit for this? For gets credit IBM. for IBM? Did Ginny Rometty put you know, this into a position where it's actually working? Remember what she was doing? She was getting rid of all the low yeah, margin. They got, yeah, they, got small, so they got smaller to focus kept, on, on growth. And I think that that's... Buyback. It, it, Every it, time they beat earnings, it was, it was buybacks. Yeah. Revenue fell for how many consecutive... Is this really changed now? Well, I, I think you can make the argument that it's becoming relevant again. I, I think it's still a show-me story. Uh, but for now, right. they're doing things that I think can legitimize the growth prospects going forward. And right now, for me, again, defense, defense, defense. Right. Uh, and I think you continue to outperform in a stock like this, especially relative to a lot of other corners of the market. I mean, timing is, timing is everything, right? Uh, to, to Jeff's point and, and to Tim's points, I think all those things definitely play, play into, the, into the picture here. But if we were, like, up and to the right and interest rates were back where they were, like, going into 2021, I think the, the situation would be much different. We'd be talking about how this is a low bed in that's underperforming and many yep. maybe some of the things that you've just mentioned would be highlighted right now and steve said it earlier steve you still there Steve mentioned it earlier. Oh, yeah, I think so. Oh, no. Thank you, The rotation into defense. Out of sight, and, out of mind. Making sure. I haven't forgotten about you, my guy. Unbelievable. Uh, and, and a rotation Kick into me. a level where you feel <laughs> that you can be safe. So, really, it's about not losing nearly as much. And this is why relative value and in indexing is so important and should be such a core component of your investment yep. thesis. That, like, Steve, I'm sorry. Is it like Bomber? I mean, remember Bomber? Nope. It's like, what happened? Nope. He's, he's there for, like, how long? Yeah, and, and then- I, I, I just think when you look at the stock, though, everyone, you know, Bono, when uh, he and I are on the same page, thank God he's the only one who remembers I'm here. But when you look at IBM, <laughs> if you draw back to 2013, the chart, the chart is terrible. This chart, IBM has broken more hearts, Joe, than you did in high school. This is crazy. Yeah. You can't buy wow. into this. This is an environment. Am I calling this is you an again? environment thing. People are buying this one because of the yield and because of the environment we're in. <laughs> I went to an all-boys Jesuit high school. I don't, I don't even know what, uh, what, what, what you're talking about there. Uh, yeah, um, it wasn't so great uh, for me in, in high school. College. No, college wasn't so great either um, in that regard. Coming up, uh, Steve, you're still with us? hard to believe. Peaking now. I, I can't believe it I think now. So. I can't, can you? Look. All right, make it up for lost time. <laughs> exactly. We're firing up our chart of the week, a burger trade rallying more than 13% in the last five days. And uh, then later on, options accent. That's right, it's Friday. We dive into whether the recently strong dollar could lose some luster. Fast Money is back in two. Welcome back to Fast Money. Time to reveal our chart of the week. It's Shake Shack, surging nearly 14% since Monday. Still, the stock has shed more than a third of its value this year. So is the burger chain poised for a comeback? Wait a minute, Steve. You're here? Steve, is it poised for a comeback? <laughs> it, well, it's, got, it's, it's been in a declining trend line since February of 2021. So... When you look at the chart, this thing, I'd rather miss this, Joe, for the next four or five points until it breaks out of that uh, declining trend. So let's just say $50 or higher, I'd be a buyer keeping that $50 as a floor. 
This is an expansion story. This is a digital story. This is a, a drive-through story. But when you really look at it, it's outperformed all the other quick serves. But when you look at it, McDonald's, if you think we're going into recession, people are going to pay for value meals and McDonald's versus paying a premium for Shake Shack. But this one is definitely the beta play in the burger space. Time yeah. for we, we don't we, we got to go to the final uh, trade and guess who gets to start Steve right there, yeah. there. final trade Steve. Uh, too much love XBI I, I I love biotech and I love small cap biotech breaking out okay uh, okay I finally figured out you're here and now we're leaving Tim Joe and we love having you here on a Friday thank you for being here thank uh, you for having and, me and we love United Healthcare uh, again everything about this this stock is the reason why they up their full year guidance it's dependable the cash flow uh, the dynamics around margin are very strong and the chart as noted in a good spot Bonwin. A lot of euphoria around U.S. markets, but don't forget the narrative in China. K-Web, resist the urge to jump in. Steve mentioned biotech. Danaher, I think it's a less risky play on biotech. It's got a really good management team to navigate this type of environment. Uh, and recurring revenues, I keep saying that, really important. Danaher. I just can't believe that I'm saying goodbye to you guys. You could be back next week, Joe. I mean, it's, we'll it's, well. it's that uh, does it for fast money. Don't go anywhere. Options action is next. Thanks, guys. Thank you. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.